Episode 93, The Rant, Tamar Adams, Certified Basketball Junkie, Player, Coach, CEO of Perfect Your Skills 24-7. I've had so many interactions with Coach T over the years. He imbues his passion for the game when he teaches his kids, when he's point guard on the floor, and when he's coaching his teams to victory. Practice makes permanent, and in this pod, he discusses his own come up, how he developed Perfect Your Skills, and his new coaching position at Island Trees High School. All that and more, my conversation with Coach T, now. The rant has been brought to you by Roar Organic. Everything your body needs, nothing it doesn't. There's a reason they say variety is the spice of life. And with their new organic line comes the following exciting flavors. Georgia peach, blueberry acai, cucumber watermelon, mango clementine, pineapple mint, strawberry coconut. Ah! Roar Organic uses a proprietary electrolyte blend created with organic coconut water, organic cane sugar, and sea salt. It's non-GMO, vegan-friendly, gluten-free, no artificial colors or flavors, no preservatives, and no artificial sweeteners. Just 2 grams of sugar and only 10 calories per serving. Visit Roar.land and use the code REFEREERANT, one word, in the checkout and receive 10% off your next purchase. That's Roar.land, code REFEREERANT. The Rant has been brought to you by the revolutionary product for referees and all professionals alike, Neat Tucks. What the tuck? Traditional shirt stays have been tried and true, but never accounted for those professionals that have shorts as uniforms. What do you do when you officiate soccer or lacrosse or even basketball in the summer? Don't forget about baseball umpires too. Enter Neat Tucks, which come in style and active versions. Don't get it twisted. You can even wear them at your 9 to 5 too. Listeners of The Rant can visit neattux.com and enter the coupon code REFEREERANT, one word, and receive 20% off your initial order. That's REFEREERANT, one word. Happy tucking. Welcome to another edition of The Rant. I'm your host, Ralph the Ref. I'm with a special guest, head honcho of Perfect Your Skills 24-7, head trainer for that, as well as an assistant coach on the varsity side, on the boys' team for Island Trees High School, Mr. Tamar Adams. How are you, my friend? What's up, man? Thank you for having me. I appreciate it, man. Um, so I'm trying to think the first time that I met you. The first time I really remember having an interaction with you was at now defunct FST, which became <laughs> Next Generation, which became JMF. JMF. Right. And I remember I was reffing, I was going back and forth, and you had some conversation. I think it was like about Kyrie Irving or something like that. Probably, you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, I kept seeing you, and... I do remember your coaching style. It really gravitated towards me because it's really hard to get things out of kids nowadays, especially now there's such a microwave culture, something where people are just really distracted. It's really hard to get kids out. And I think you always had the right balance of like pushing and pulling. Mm. And I always respected that, especially as a coach. I appreciate it. But nonetheless, welcome to the show. Thank you, man. Thank you. We're going to get into your your whole history. So, Mm -hmm. you know, what, what I normally ask is, you know, how, what sports did you play growing up? Where did you grow up? What did you play in middle school? What did you play in high school? What did you play in college? All right, so, I, so everything pretty much started when um, – so I was pretty much born and raised in Far Rockaway. Mm-hmm. Born in Brooklyn but raised in Far Rockaway. Till about, i say, seventh grade. Seventh grade, that's when I moved to um, Elmont. Um, and just like I was telling the kids uh, today in the workout, when I was young, especially a kid coming from Far Rockaway, I didn't have what – these kids have now mm-hmm. in regards to somebody older than them that's, you know, that can pretty much um, guide them through, you know, whatever they they love to do, right? And obviously, um, because you guys was here, you guys got the, got the chance to see 
what they love and we all have that the same love which was basketball so at a young age I never had that like I didn't know like you can actually go and get trained by somebody mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying so and I'm you know I'm 29 <clears throat> years old so you know it when I was yeah when I was young I didn't know who was doing it or whatever the case may be but fast forward I go to Elmont seventh grade eighth grade ninth grade yeah, seventh, eighth grade, ninth grade. That's when I was really introduced to like organized basketball, right? So, for me, everything was street ball. Go to the park, whether it was myself, my brothers, um, my friends, and just play like literally sun up, sun down. Like you know, um, my older generation would say that, and then I was able to live that and actually now tell kids about that. That I literally, oh, it's getting dark. I'm running home now, especially living up there. Right. So now I go to Elmont, get introduced to organized basketball, get introduced to tribal basketball. Had no idea what that was. Mm -hmm. I'm in Far Rockaway every day after school. I go to PAL and we're just playing rec ball. It was nothing organized. You know, it was just something, unfortunately, to keep kids not unfortunately, but obviously in that uh, area to keep kids out the street, you know, and into a positive environment. Right. So I go to Elmont, you know, talking, you know, me, raw talent, good handle. Didn't have a, you know, uh, a good jump shot, but, you know, I was very coachable. And then going uh, to Elma, it was a culture shop, mm. you know. I, uh, the area was very diverse, right? Um, for the first time, I'm not even going to lie, for the first time, I had, like, a white coach, you know. So I'm like, yeah, this is, this is different, mm. you know. So, you know, I was exposed to that at a young age. I always had great grades, though, and I was very disciplined. That's something that, you know, my parents did very well in terms of raising me when I was young. So I go to Elma. Um, sadly, I couldn't stay in Elmont because during that time, I was living in Queens um, uh, about like eighth, ninth grade. Uh, you know, my mom just wanted to get uh, us a better, um, uh, a bigger place or whatever. So, so you know how it is in a district. You can't obviously live in Queens and go to and, you know go to Long Island school. So during that time, I, it was like one or two months where I wasn't in school and. The zone school where I lived that wasn't, you know, they wasn't really good schools. Um, so, you know, I end up going to a workout. I still remember this. End up going to a workout at 72. Met this guy named Billy. Billy and West, um, guys from Queens. Billy, for so long, was was a personnel. He was a coach at Cardozo High School, you know. And then that's, you know, that's why I went to Cardozo. I played JV for Cardozo. Um, great experience. Um, crazy though, I never played varsity. Right. Mm. So I was. So I came in where, and I didn't notice, like, at the time with the coach I was, that's still there, Ron Clario, great guy, you know, good coach. Um, but obviously he's probably the, the biggest recruiter in terms of bringing talent. So mm -hmm. he had a different direction, and that's fine. And I understood that, you know, especially being a new kid coming in, nobody know who I am. And then me being a junior and senior, I'm like, it is what it is. But I always had great grades, and that's one thing I – I try to uh, uh, give my kids as well. That's the only way you can, uh, um, you know, uh, make yourself valuable, make yourself more recruitable is, is by having great grades. So when I was in Elma, I had got an ac academic scholarship from a nonprofit organization. It was an African-American nonprofit. And then, but I always loved basketball. Mm. So I always just worked on my game. I always played, you know, whether it was in practice, whether it was in uh, tournaments at the Beacon, all of this stuff. So I was around basketball. I end up, um, uh, so then I went to Mercy College, freshman year, didn't play, right? So academics uh, kid, 
So I w- went there off of academics, academic scholarship. I didn't want to mess up my grades. I had high, like 96, 98 average. Like, so that was my mindset. Guys at, a, at Mercy was like, you know, I was playing the intramurals, three-on-three stuff all the time, playing one-on-one against the captain at Mercy. And they was like, why don't you play? Like, you should try it. I'm like, nah. Because when I, I was made aware of the adjustment that high, the adjustment high school's high school student athletes had to make going into college. So I didn't want to fall behind academic-wise because I knew why, you know, I, that's the reason why I was at Mercy. So didn't play first year. Second year, made the team. Five foot nothing, you know, where you got six, six guys, six, seven guys, six, eight guys, right? So, you know, and I made it just off of working hard. Like, first one in the gym. I was traveling from Queens to Dobbs Ferry. So we would have... 6 a.m. practice. So I had to leave my house around 4 or 5 a.m., take, the, take the, uh, the E train to the Metro North. I didn't drive at that time. I, didn't, I had a license, but I didn't have a car. Mm. So I had to get around. And so, you know, ended up making the team. Uh, sophomore year played. Uh, um, yeah, sophomore year played. Junior year, because it was so expensive, because it's a private school, I ended up going to Lehman College. And then that's when I finished off at Lehman. Did you end up playing there too? I played first first year, second year I did. I just wanted to finish school at that point. Um, so I finished school and then I'm like, what am I going to do? Like, So I had two options, whether it was go to physical therapy route, personal trainer. Because um, I, I had an um, exercise science background. Mm-hmm. you know. So that's everything dealing with the body, human science and all of that stuff. But I'm just like, I love basketball. I love basketball, you know? So, and I just, since 2012... You know, it all started, it all started, a very good friend of mine had a younger brother, and he was into basketball. I think he was at the time in fifth or sixth grade, you know, and I was just like, all right, let me see, let me see what this is about. So, you know, very first client, I would train him every single day. This was me coming back to Elmont now. So I came back to Elmont, trained him every single day. So that's where I got my experience in terms of like one-on-one instruction. Then obviously word of mouth. So once I started to get him better, kids is like, hold on, Morgan, that was the name of the kid. Who are you working with? He would say, I work with, you know, working with um, my friend's, you know, friend named Coach T. He was like, oh, I got to go see this guy, Coach T. Kids would come back to school to Elmar Park, you know, which was Elmar Road or Dutch Broadway. So people, uh, kids would come. Then I met uh, a guy in Elmar. And everything took off from there. So I met a guy. He gave me the opportunity in terms of um, having my own camp. During this time, my, the name of my company was called EVO, right? So I had got this from Drake. Drake was OVO, October's very own. So I, I had a twist to it. It was Elmont's very own. Loved it. Had a nice design and everything. The guy, you know, a political guy. You know how it goes in the community. You know, he wanted me to, uh, you know, run a, a weekend camp. By the, yo, by the goodness of God, I had 300 kids. Wow. That I had to direct, that I had to <laughs> come up with. I'm like, where am I going to get the coaches from? Mm. The smartest thing that I thought of, I was like, I might as well get the um, alumni from Elmont of, you know, people that I grew up with, people that played, you know. So I, I was able to scramble at least, like, that wasn't enough, like 12 to 15 coaches. Um, you know, volunteer, and we literally had, you know, it was in the papers and everything, 300 kids. So now I got a database now of 300 potential clients or just trainees that I can train. 
then, you know, once I did that, you know, obviously it's about putting yourself out there, right? Showcasing your skills. Then I just started to go different areas. I'm in Rockford Center, Paul Washington, now I'm in Manhasset, Roslyn, Syosset. So coming from Elmont, you know, I end up uh, um, um, training at Game 7. You know, a very good friend named Mark Von Essen. He gave me the opportunity to go over there and, and do training and, and lead his uh, camps and clinics. And it was a great because now I'm going to a different dynamic. I'm in Rockville Center, mm. you know, so that's a way different demographic than, you know, kids in Queens or Elmont, you know. So I was able to develop that, you know, on the both ends. But I never so I never directed somebody else's camp, though. Like me, it's easy. You know, if if, if things don't go right, that fall down on me and that's right. fine. But now. You know, so I still remember game seven camp. I come in there. I come in there as a coach, you know, because he's the director. So the, uh, Mark comes up. He was like, All right, I'm going to leave you in charge. I'm like, wait, what? Like, I guess he must have seen something in me mm. for him to be like, All right, you got it. I'm going to leave for the day. I got you. You know, I, this is your, your, your lunch schedule. Like, this is the itinerary. This is when they got to have lunch. This is the, uh, the stations and stuff like that. You run it. You got the coaches. I said, Mark, Mark, come on, man. Like, for real? He said, yeah, man. He said, you got it. By the end of the day, <laughs> the end of the day, because it was from like 9 to 3, 3.30. The, the day was ran so well in terms of the energy, the drills and everything, just the day, kids having fun, that the parents forgot that Mark Von Essen was the director of Game mm. 7. So they like, yo, who is this guy, Coach T? You know, like, you know, we love him. You know, he's so energetic, passionate. And then from there, that's when things, like you said, when you met me on Next Generation, that's when things took off from there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's a couple of things that I find similar between me and you is that, you know, I always say that um, I ended up going to public school in Uniondale mm-hmm. um, and my parents subsequently moved me to Kellenberg. And that was the first time I met white people and it was confusing to right. me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just the fact that you went from Far Rockaway to Elmont, I understand that because, you know, a lot of people from Elmont are really people that got displaced and ended up going to mm-hmm. uh, Long Island because their parents wanted a better life. Right. I grew up with a whole bunch of people like that. And I knew what it was like to have that gritty basketball and then mm-hmm. kind of like be in an isolated place and everyone feels the same way. And in terms of your relationship with basketball, you always loved it, but it was always like very intermittent. Mm-hmm. You know, me, I always never had this chance. Even when I did have the chance, I'd always have two quick fouls because I was so used to playing at the park. I never really had right. any organized training, right? Mm-hmm. So... You know, I love the game. I always wanted to stay with the game. And, you know, I think what informed you of what you're doing right now is because of all of the missed opportunities or Mm. the reasons why you work so hard. And, you know, you see that in some kids and they didn't have those opportunities. Um, You know, just talk about how how much, I guess, online social media, how much has that informed the way you train kids? Because, you know, I kind of find it as, you know, really weird because. You were talking about it when you were breaking down. You were talking about you had OGs that were smacking you up at the park. <laughs> I had this one guy named Antoine. And, I mean, I, he must have been, like, 18 years old when I was around 13, 14. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, the sweet spot where they're like, you know what? I'm mm. not going to take it easy on you that's anymore. Right. And, I mean, he had every move. And I remember having this one conversation. And, you know, at the time, the way you get your reps, because I always thought, like, shooting 30 shots, that's boring, man. <laughs> right. I right. just want to play. So. Yeah. Remember, I come up to the park like, man, nobody's here. What are we going to do? It's mm. like, and I remember he would come sometimes like right before I would be there. And 
Come to find out he was there for like two hours. Wow. And he was like, yeah, I'm shooting 300 jump shots. I was like, that sounds so boring. But then it would translate into the game. It Absolutely. would kill me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can incrementally get better with game situations. But I really think that's what, what's the difference nowadays. Mm-hmm. I even talked to this in a previous podcast with Speedy Claxton mm. as to, you know, he was talking about the reason how he developed was he just played games. Mm-hmm. And that's good. That's good. But now it's like it's training. It's you, you, can, you can really break down a James Harden move right. on YouTube, <laughs> yeah. and you can kind of just keep doing that. So yeah. how much has that been a benefit? And do you think that something like, and I'll, I'm going to coin this term, it's mm-hmm. called to me reverse peer pressure, where you see a kid, you know, kind of working on their, on their stuff, and then you're like, man, I got I to gotta start working for myself. And then they start training because mm-hmm. they see one kid you know, having like a minute-long video of like, mm-hmm. damn, he's working, I need to, uh, I need to work. The facade. So what do you think about all that? Um, Mm. I'd say it's good and bad, Mm. right? So the reason why it's good is because kids nowadays have so much access um, that they can, by the look of their phone, the click of their finger, they can see a drill. They can see somebody that uh, have a, uh, you know, like when I grew up, I never seen James Harden work out. Mm. Well, Well, back then, my favorite players was Allen Iverson and Kobe. You would never see him work out. Never. You would see him kind of like shooting, like, what do you call those? Those those game day shoot-arounds right. that are just shooting? You right. never really see him do any moves. Right. So back then, there was something called Better Basketball DVD. Like, I had that. Or I had a lot of the stuff I got my moves of craftiness was from N1. Mm. Watching N1 mixtapes, volume one, volume two, skip, Alimo. Oh, my goodness. You know what I'm saying? Guys like that that I looked up to, Hot Sauce and... Watching these guys do some these amazing things with the ball, right? So that was kind of like our social media, right? But nowadays it's like, yeah, like I said, it's good and bad because kids have so much access that um, they can come across very good teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I use the word teachers or educators because you can really make the distinction between what we call IG trainers mm-hmm. and what we call guys that's really out there breaking certain stuff down, you know, having their players understand the purpose of what they're doing, not just having kids run up and down. I always tell kids all the time, like, I can I can make you sweat, right? But, you know, what did you actually learn, right? Mm. So you're here to learn, unlearn to, 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 to learn, right? I was, which I was saying today. So it's good and bad in that sense. Um, you know, obviously it's the bad part because it's, it's so much out there. So it's like, you know, it's always... Um, how should I say? It's like it's oh, it's it's always something that like players or the youth want to question. Mm. So if I'm telling them something as simple as a between the legs, but they seen seen it from somewhere else, and mm-hmm. somebody got a different terminology for it, or they may have more followers, right? That's the thing that that they're believing mm. just a little bit more, as opposed to like really listening to, you know, <laughs> you know. Not saying they don't listen to me, but you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, getting them to, like you said, that it's about fundamentals, like big on fundamentals, a lot of repetition, doing the simple things, right? I always said, like, the best players in the world, like, Michael Jordan didn't need all of this stuff that's going on, Kobe Bryant, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar still holds the NBA record for the most points in NBA history, and he had one move, the skyhook, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, so... You know, if we, you know, uh, go back in history and understand, um, you know, the game, the game is very simple in in how you approach it and how you prepare for it. A lot of it is mental. 
right? So a lot of it, I see a ton of talent, talented kids, like good, like jump out the building, can handle the ball, can shoot, right? But now, you know, what do they do when there's adversity? What do they do when they got somebody that's in their face? Or, or just have somebody that may not be that talented, but mentally is getting into their head, talking mm. trash. And st- like, that's like, I, yo, <laughs> it was like last Friday or whatever, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to say the kid's name, but he was just talking like a lot of trash, right? And, you know, so you get, you get parents to be like, is that, like, like, what is that? I'm like, it's basketball, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what we used to do, mm-hmm. you know? So, but to see that is like, you know, I'm like, th- that's what the game is about. It's about showing that, you know, emotion, especially um, a lot of these players, if you have passion, you're, that's one way your passion is going to come out, mm. right? You, and I'm big on communicating, so you're not just going to be out here. We're not playing golf. We're not, this is not tennis where everybody got to be quiet and, you know, you got to be, you know, soft and stuff. No, 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 no. This is literally, you know, be, you know, hunt or be hunted. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but yeah, going back to social media, I mean, for me, you know, I, 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 I'm big on like, the biggest thing with me is relationships, right? So I have a personal relationship with probably like all of my clients. So a lot of my, the stuff that I post are real personal. Mm. It's not to really like uh, showcase a drill or whatever. It's literally like if I got this kid and I've been working with this kid, I'm showing, you know, the growth in this kid. You know, I had him, you know, when, you know, when he first came to me, you know, developing or, or let's just say lack of lacking certain things. And then now a couple of months later, I track his progress. And now this is how he's looking with, you know, a couple of months or maybe a year of just consistent training. Hmm. Right. So that's the biggest thing with me in regards to social media and how I use it. Um, obviously, you can, you know, it's a business. So you want to use it in regards to, uh, you know, attracting more uh, clients or whatever the case may be. But I'm not I'm not sold or, or solely my biggest uh, growth in clients has always been referrals and word of mouth. So you have to be here. And once you're here, you're going to be like, oh, man, like, yeah, yeah, this is this is why. Like, literally, a parent say, I got like four or five girls for you. Got my whole team for you. Like, I didn't know this is what you was doing. Like, this is, you know, so that's how I get a lot of my and I, the most all of my like players that I train trainees are very like consistent and loyal. So you see the same faces. Mm. I, I remember some of the faces. Right. You see the same. Yeah. Ain't nothing new. So mm-hmm. they're always in my session and they're mm-hmm. growing every single session, every single opportunity, opportunity that they get. Right. So, yeah, that's that's yeah, that's just when it comes down to me in regards to like social media. It's a whole different. I try not to get too much caught up in it because it can really blow your mind to stuff that you see. No, I know. Like, basketball-wise. Mm-hmm. Like, really? Like, you know, and, like, people don't realize you got kids that's watching. Mm-hmm. You know, so if your message is not clear, it's going to be, you know, so much out there in the open for speculations or questioning or... And it confuses a lot of things. It confuses a lot of methods and, and you know, uh, philosophies mm-hmm. and... You can't reinvent the wheel when it comes down to basketball. Yeah. So, yeah. so I, I know that there's this other portion of you that you're a coach, mm-hmm. um, and then you know I just want to get in terms of the training side. Right. Um, I don't know if I've told you, but I've been coaching at Kellenberg for 20 years. And Wait, I, what? Yeah, basketball? I know. I coach oh. the girls' volleyball oh, team. Oh, okay. But I'm completely devoid of the training 
from when I don't when I don't have them. Mm. So sometimes when they ask me questions and, you know, my program is elite. We've built mm. it up to the point where we've had so many lean years and so many middle of the pack years that I'd say the last 10 years, we've always been like top 10 in the state. Wow. We're always in contention for the state championship. We've won multiple titles. But the thing is, I, I never knew that. That's crazy. <laughs> but sometimes, you know, a kid won't know a fundamental thing. And I'm disappointed because I'm like, you're at the varsity level. Mm. You've been playing the AAU version of volleyball mm. for X amount of years. And you haven't asked this question. Wow. And on top of that, you could do all the training in the world. Mm. But when the chips are down and it's 18 to 14 and you're about to lose, all of those skill sets mm. get thrown out the window. Mm. And, you know, these are the things that you were talking about, unlearning those things and having the poise because it's great and all you have the skill. But when it comes to the time to execute, it's difficult. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one question I wanted to ask you as a trainer, mm-hmm. um, what's your specific philosophy? What do you adhere to? What do you tell the kids? And, um, you know, how do you think it informs, you know, the way you treat them? Because I think you do the right amount of push and pull. And, mm-hmm. you know, as a referee, I, I always am very keen to that because, mm. you know, I come from an era where you could just kind of bark, 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 and you can get the results. Mm. Now, girls are a little different mm-hmm. because... You know, they're, they have a, you need a little softer touch because sometimes they can't get that stinging advice. Right. So, you know, what is your philosophy and, you know, how, how do you how do you really impart that to the kids that you have? Um, uh, that's a great question. Uh, pretty much. So, OK, so every kid, is, every kid is different mm-hmm. in how they learn. Um, some take time. Um, some may get it instantly. Right. So everybody has their own learning curve. Right. But the biggest thing that a lot of these kids have is just effort, like just relentless effort and will. So, um, you know, uh, I don't know. Like, so prime example, and I'd give you this experience last year. Right. I was at Carl Place with girls. Varsity. We won. Mm -hmm. Nassau. Mm -hmm. B championship. Yep. Yep. And then we won Long Island. We go to States. So. I just missed you because I went to Federations and I didn't see y'all there. No, so for B, B is different. We have to play a first round, mm. then go up there. Right. So we end up losing that round. So that's what it was. But it was considered states. It was weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. Holy Trinity was up there and they kind of went through the back door. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, so for the, so for the girls, mm-hmm. like you said, uh, you got to be more, you know, um, you know, softer and, and um, you know, have a lot of patience with them. With boys, it's, you know, but not every boy, though. Right. That's what I'm saying. You got to understand who you're dealing with, you know, their personalities and who, because, you know, I may not, okay, I may scream at a kid, right? It's not to tell. So a lot of kids that hear my tonality and not hear the message behind what I just said. Mm -hmm. So they think like, oh, he's just yelling at me. So they, some of them may break down and get in their shell. But they don't unpack exactly what I just said. Like, everything I'm actually saying is to benefit you, is to better you. Yeah, maybe my tone, you know, because I think for me, that's the only way I can probably reach you at that moment is by raising my voice or getting this way. Some kids, they already have that. So you may have to go with a smoother or meshes can still be the same. But, you know, uh, a lot of your, uh, your approach to them would be leading by example. And in this way, they'd be like, Uh, I get it, Mm -hmm. you know, so, uh, but, you know, I think a lot of the kids would uh, 
take a lot what I say because they have so much respect. And mm-hmm. they, they know it's out of good intentions. Right. So they know exactly, like, I can literally yank a kid, bring him over here, right? Tell them exactly what they did wrong. And then 10 times tell them what they're doing right. Mm. And then when they go back out there, you know, then they showcase themselves, um, you know, at a very high level. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So every kid has their own learning uh, curve and, and it takes time for certain kids. Not everybody's the same. So that's why I don't train every kid the same. Like, I don't, like, in terms of drills, like, every drill, everything they have to get through is all tailored to that specific individual, right? And, you know... Um, yeah, like me and you are not the same. So if we go into men's warehouse, my tailor suit is going to be different from yours. Right. That's just my DNA. That's your DNA. That's mm-hmm. your body type, my body type. So that's how I kind of approach it. But going back to car place, yeah, I had to, it was still a demand for greatness and a de- demand for excellence um, to show them like, hey, we're here to do a job. So it's either you, you're going to get with the program or, you know, so, but uh, now I'm on the boys' side. Mm-hmm. I've been on the boys' side for so long, on the AAU side. Um, so, um, you know, I've been having an AAU team for like the last three or four years. I had kids. I'm a big believer of having a group. So I had this group since they was in sixth grade, and now they're in 11th. And every year I just went up with them. No matter what happened, and things change, whether it was programs, whether whatever the, the situation was, you know, but I always had a core. And now mm-hmm. to see them grow. And then, you know, they're juniors now. They're going to be seniors next year. They're going to graduate. You know, and then AU for me is done for that <laughs> mm. when it comes down to that. But I'm into the – this is my second year now in, in regards to, like, high school coaching because mm-hmm. um, my, my end, end goal would be a, a, a college coach, head coach one day. Um, but for right now, you know, for me, I had those opportunities, um, and I was talking to a very good friend of mine. He was like, why didn't you take them, you know, if that's your end goal? I'm like, yeah, you're right, but I'm like – me, I always, you know, there's like timing for everything, hmm. right? And I'm big on challenges. I love a challenge. So last year, did did I expect to win? No, I just expect last year with the girls to, to make sure they develop. Because these girls, none of them was basketball players. Besides, like, probably like one of them. All of them, six of our seniors graduate and they all play a different sport. Hmm. They all go to school for, like, field hockey, lacrosse, track and field, other sports, only one is going for basketball. So what that told me, like, yeah, they're great athletes, but what they don't have is the skills, right? So I came in as the player development guy to work on their skills every single day, ball in their hands, ball handling, footwork, just the fundamentals of the game, shooting, to where now we go into February, January, February, and this, you're talking about one of our, our beginner players on the team, is handling the ball or mm. doing certain things that our seniors is now doing. Mm. And this girl is in seventh grade. Because mm. Carl plays small school, it's not a lot of interest when it comes to, you know, girls' basketball. So right. we had to bring some girls up. Now I'm on a boys' side. And I'm on a boys' side where, you know, good core, good coach. One of the, my uh, kids in, uh, that I had since sixth grade that was on my AAU team is on the team. So that was the reason why I made the decision to go to that school. Because I wanted to see that guy finish out. Hmm. That's the biggest thing with me, right? So for that kid, he's going to be like, yo, I had my mentor, my coach since I was in sixth grade. He's in high school. And he was with me until I graduated and and, then, you know, helping me get into college. Hmm. Like, that's going to be those memories later later on in life. Oh, I know. Right? So I could win championships all day long. Mm -hmm. Everywhere I went, I won. AAU, 
one on the girl's side. Hopefully, we can try to get one on the boy's side. That's that was my challenge. Mm-hmm. Come in here, uh, elevate the culture, uh, develop, and let's just go out and see if we can win a championship. Mm. You know, now so I got one on the girls. If I can get one on the boys, <laughs> I'm good now. And then you go to your I'm, college. I'm good, right? I'm good. So I got you. But yeah, that was yeah. So yeah. when it comes down to that, boys, a little bit more tough love. Um, girls got to be a little bit more milder, but still, it should always be a demand for greatness. Yeah, absolutely. And we do the same thing at Kellenberg. Um, and, you know, what's different and what's interesting about basketball is that you have a lot of time. You have a luxury of, you know, really getting into the nitty gritty of different skills. With volleyball, it's only eight weeks. Mm. So a lot of them are just coming from different sports. This might be their second sport. But, you know, fortunately for me, from the duration I've been there, I think I've been blessed to have about 60 girls on scholarship. I still talk to most of them. So it's like a really fulfilling yeah. thing. And I understand See how where you're coming from. Is, right. And, you know, when you talk about lead by example, don't don't get it twisted. I go, I know, on, I I go on the court <laughs> and I try to aim at their face because it's not going to be anything harder than what I'm going. Right. right? So, you know, I, I really understand that. But, you know, I really wanted to dig into your coaching side. OK, um, I do remember we had this instance, I think it was a little, little bit after you won the chip at Carl Place, okay. and we had an AAU game at Island Garden. And I remember you were like half yelling at your player, and then you were half interrogating me. I was like, this guy's asking a lot of good questions. There's some good questions yeah. because, you know, one thing I appreciate is that the mm. way I perceive officiating is like, okay, can this guy ball? All right, he could ball. So that's already one rung mm. of the conversation. Okay. And then I'm like, okay, he's asking a good question, and he's trying to make it legal. So having said that, when you coach, how much is your coaching, as well as your training, mm-hmm. how much is it informed by legal moves that would be accepted by officials? Wow. Because that's also another thing. Sometimes kids get trained incorrectly with right. moves. You know, I, I, I know I shared an experience while I was kind of recording, and you were saying, you know, come into the L cut, you know, hold the ball, and then, you know, leave your elbows out there, and then and then you know, go up strong right. because you're going to absorb the contact. contact right, right. And I'm thinking like, wow, that's a legal move. And that's, mm. that's a real good move to know. Um, but, you know, sometimes coaches don't really train them correctly. And I'm wow, like, when awesome. I speak to them, you know, when I speak to a coach and I was like, I, t- I told them that I'm like, that's illegal. Right. So one time I had a luxury going back to that. It was beautiful that you brought that up. I had a luxury of having a referee come to one of my like camps or clinics mm-hmm. to really explain Legal moves. Don't tell me it was Jalal. Was it Jalal? Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> nah, nah. <laughs> That's my guy. But nah, um, so uh, explaining legal moves, certain things so kids can understand. Mm. So they're not just hearing it from me. Yeah. They're hearing it also from a, uh, you know, official. Um, and so, um, but yeah, uh, yeah, like you said, I think that's very important. Um, I actually would love to do that again. Yeah, I'll do that Yeah, for you. you know, that'll, that'll be, be perfect. Great. No, absolutely. Because kids need to know. Because a lot of times, stuff we do, um, you know, kids, like when we was playing a lot. Oh, that's a travel. Like, kids, you realize when they're playing or they're watching, they're like mini refs as well. And I'm like, all right, we can't do two things. You're not just going to be out here playing and then trying to ref. Mm. That's not what, 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 what's going on. If I'm controlling this and I'm not saying it's a walk, it's not a walk. Mm. It may be a walk, right, because granted, but play. That's not why you're here. You're not here to ref. You know what I'm saying? So if kids in clinics or whatever the case may be in sessions, practice or whatever, had that luxury of learning as much as they learn from a coach or trainer, as well as learning from a official, I think it would definitely help their development of mm. learning certain things. Uh, learning, especially a lot of times, is keeping you know their composure. You know what I'm saying? Like if they do travel, you know, and then they think they're not traveling, and then they you know they want to 
challenge you or question you. Like, right. The ref made a call. So anything that you're pretty much upset about, he's not going to overturn it. Mm. You know, it's, it's done with. Right. You know, so what you can do, and it's a lot of times I did this, whether it was you or other referees. So like one kid on my team traveled like three or four times. Um, and so I was like, okay, so you. I think he kept doing some weird thing where like we had, he had catch it. And I always tell kids, stop putting the ball over their head, kind of like a trophy. So he would do that. Uh, defense is in front of him, and he's moving backwards. But he didn't know he was doing it, right? So I'm like, do you know what you're doing? He was like, no. I'm I like, I don't. Like, why I keep traveling? So I, so I told him. And then I think he did something again. And uh, I think it was, like, questionable for him. But then I made the referee, like, I brought him over. Referee was standing right next to me during a free throw. And I made the referee explain to him what he called or why it was a tribal, and then mm-hmm. he was able to understand, mm-hmm. you know? But kids get that during a game. Why can't they get that in a training session? Mm-hmm. So now that interaction, you know, um, interaction, you know, that can eliminate that, and then they can further understand, like, oh, okay, keep that pivot down, don't slide it, and little stuff like that. So, um, and then there's a lot of details in doing certain stuff, you know, to eliminate kids from traveling or certain violations. Um, and the biggest thing is making sure kids have a solid foundation of footwork. Right. Because a lot of stuff is footwork stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's why they're walking. Right. You know, so, you know, that's, that's the biggest thing. Like overseas and international, when you do a pivot, you got to put the ball on the floor first and then move. Like I was training a very good friend of mine overseas. And, you know, when she first went out there, our regular rip through, travel, mm. travel, travel. Their rip through is f- foot dribble. Our rip through is we can kind of bring it up a little bit, right? And then put the ball on the floor, mm. right? So with them, no. Can't lift that pivot at all. Mm. Got to keep it, uh, you know, established. So, you know, um, you know, and that's just the difference in, you know, American game and international game. Um, yeah, and that's, that's also a challenge that we present too because, you know, I am concurrently um, kind of, I guess, competing with the NBA, which kids watch mm. during the season. Oh, my God. You just, you, you just <laughs> also... Um, coach a girls team mm-hmm. which is NCAA rules mm-hmm. and boys what you're about to go into is federation rules wait what those are three separate different wow, rules I did not know that yeah they're all See? three different rules and they're they're all officiated differently Different. and I'm the only one so oh. you know just the fact that we're having this conversation it really it makes me realize like wow. you know some coaches aren't even informed oh, by See? all of those wow. differences and also at the same time you know you just kind of think of um, you know if you have a kid and you want to do well on a test, you want to be well prepared. Mm. And that's like something that's seldom, you know, kind of studied because you, you don't study what you, you just look at the NBA and you go, OK, that's that's what this is. But we're not. We're doing Federation High School rules. Wow. Right. And the same thing with coaches. I wish we can just have a conversation, you know, and, and even further than that. You think about the different type of reps that you go through. Right. Mm. Some people, they don't have their firmware updated. Wow. You know, you have. 1980s refs that look at games differently. differently. Wow. They don't know what a euro is. They mm. they don't they don't study the way, the way right? right? So like like what, how you have to study the refs. Mm. The refs also have That's to study wow, with the mean? new moves, wow. right? So you know even this this summer you see James Harden doing that one 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 foot, and you're yeah. like, all right, <laughs> I'm gonna look out for that. Right. So you know the beauty and now about refs is doing that stuff. The beauty about refing in PSAL in the city mm-hmm. or just in the city in general is that these kids have no fear trying that in the game in now. The game. <laughs> they, have no, they don't care about yeah. practicing, which I respect. Right. 
you know, because I, I guess that's like on the job training. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I would hope that they practice the move. I appreciate their gusto when doing so. Yeah, do you remember when Patrick Ewing got on his teammate about that? Yeah. It was a lot of viral video. He was like, uh, I think the kid did the one, uh, one, one foot shot and he got on him. He was like, have you ever practiced that move? I've never seen you practice mm-hmm. that move um, or whatever. Uh, so it was funny that you brought that up because <laughs> you got a guy like Patrick Ewing, you know, um, NBA Hall of Famer, all-time great, and he's at, you know, coaching on the collegiate level, telling his kids, like, yo, what are you doing? You know, but it just goes back to what you were saying, you know, like how you said, like, the kids having no fear in doing that. And the coaches, I've never seen you practice that move ever. Mm. Don't do that. Like, what are you doing? That's not a, a good shot. So now you, get, you see a guy like James Harden in the NBA doing it so effortless, effortlessly, but people don't understand. He's probably been working on that. Oh, yeah. I wish, I wish like, him, Steph, Clay, I wish right. they all had... You know, when they're in training camp and they have their first media video, day, I wish yeah. they would go, listen, um, I spent 16 hours every day doing this move. Right. So before you try it, just know just that I put in work. a lot of work. And that's what it is. A lot of kids now, because of social media, they see the end product. They see the end results. They don't really get to see the preparation. Like the mm-hmm. biggest thing, I think this is when everything really, not everything took off, but I don't think you guys remember, LeBron James had a 59-minute workout on YouTube of him putting in, I think it was like on, like it was physical fitness off the court, but it was in the gym. He was, so he would go and do like some um, uh, um, body work and then he'd do some skill work, like just shots, go into the basket, go back, do body work. So, but it was like an hour long on mm. YouTube of just watching how he works, right? And I think he was, I wouldn't say he was the first, but I was able to have that type of access to see that, you know, and you know, and then now, you know, like you said, we can see the James Harden role video, not just showing highlights of this guy doing that one move, but show the show the workout where he's missing a couple of times or mm-hmm. there's a trainer or whoever he's working with uh, really uh, keying in on certain fundamentals to get it down packed. And he's spending a lot of time repping that out. Right. We say it all the time. It takes 10,000 hours to master a skill, mm-hmm. you know, so he he's one of the best players in the, in the league. So. Yeah, it may look like it's, it's second nature for this guy, but I'm pretty sure he's mm. putting in a lot of work in regards to that. But just like everybody, like there's no coincidence why you got certain guys in the league that's the best, and then you just got NBA players. Yeah, well, there's and, no coincidence, and, and they work hard too. They right, don't get, that, wrong, right, don't get they, me right. They, but there's, a, there's a separation, there's a, right? And, I and it's the same thing with the referees, too. right? Exactly. Um, you know, this is the rant, so I did want to ask you some okay. pointed questions with no referees. Yep. Um, you know, just coming up and you know playing through the circuit and then training as well as coaching. You know, what was your perception of referees the whole time? And also, would you ever consider taking up the stripes? And um, if it wasn't, if you would take basketball, aside from basketball, mm-hmm. if there was another sport that you would officiate, which one would you consider? Oh, wow. Um, I think boxing. I'm a big fan of boxing, so mm. I think I would do that. I don't know how much they get paid, but I'm pretty sure. If you did a Floyd Mayweather fight, I think that, that, that referee or official is getting paid very well, right? Mm. My cousin's a boxer, so, you know, I would probably say when it comes down to that. Now... Perception, um, I don't know. I think for me, I think it goes back to what you said. I think I got it. Not like in my mind, I'm like, did this referee play ball? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
And then, but then I get it, because there's a lot of great coaches that never played the game before. Yeah. And they're phenomenal coaches, right. you know, so. There's also different types of refs. So, like, mm. when you say that, if you already know that there's a ref that's kind of treating it like he's a cop, you got you to coach a certain way. There's, mm. there's nothing you could do. Mm. And then you have somebody that's more of a player, like me. Like, right. I, I'll have a conversation, mm. but here's another thing that, that is, like, there's a pro tip. If, if I see that you have a yo-yo, I'm less likely to call a carry. I just am, because I'm, I'm a point guard. I know what it's like so to have So you say you're less likely. Less likely. Oh, likely. Got it, got it. Okay. If you don't have a yo-yo. <laughs> got you. And you're trying to do all these moves, uh, I'm calling sense. it. That I'm calling you. I'm like, like, you have any... You don't... And, that's and, not in and, your... And just <laughs> you as a trainer, you can appreciate what I'm about to say. I'm like, look, you haven't mastered left hand. Mm. So the fact that you're doing this and you're carrying and you're transferring to the right, mm. I'm not giving you that. You don't know how to you do that. I like you don't that. know how to do that. I'm not doing no. I like that. But if you got the yo-yo, I'm gonna let it go. I'm gonna let it go. Because I know you either been working on it. You got that DNA. Mm-hmm. I like that. I mean, it's that's just a it's just a, it's a fact. Yeah, it's a fact basically. to me. But that's yeah, yeah. I'm not everyone You're either. Not every, right, right. Some right. people are very black and white with the rules. Mm-hmm. You know, some people are very you know, and and I'm black and white with rules yeah. at certain times. <laughs> but you know, I have an affinity for point guards. I, I used to love Ed Coda growing up. Mm. Loved him. I loved. Who else did I love? Um, Chris Paul. I like. Mm, I, that's I always, my favorite point guard. Yeah, I could. Mm. I could tell. You could see. It? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. but you see how I, I perceive the game. Mm. You know what I mean. I understand certain things. But you know, if kids are trying these type of moves and, and they're not even proficient in, if they're trying to get to K, and they're not good with A, B, and C, mm. I'm not giving you D through K. I'm mm. just not. I'm just not. So. Mm. You know, food for thought as as a coach. No, no. And um, I mean, for me, because, you know, me playing in all these leagues and stuff like that, I actually got away from being, like, on the refs. I think that's because I be trying to tell kids to stay off the ref. So what type of example if, if, if am I? Although they're not watching me play, mm-hmm. but that's always in the back of my mind. Like, if I'm telling kids, leave the refs alone, I be like, ah, yeah, I got to leave that guy alone. I got to leave her alone. Although, you know, I may go over and voice my concern or voice my opinion or whatever, and then vice versa or whatever, but I have grown <laughs> from that because I'm a very passionate guy playing. Like, I'm, people see me playing like, yeah, he's a, mm. people think I'm like crazy or I'm bipolar. No, it's not that at all. I'm just competitive, right? So I have that Mamba mentality. Right. And when I'm off, I'm the nicest guy you probably meet, the most genuine. I'm on there though. And we going at it, mm-hmm. oh, I'm trying to come at you, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, but, yeah, for me, when I play or whatever, I'm always like, did this, you know, once again, going back, did this referee play? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, but then you can, there's certain things where it's like, why? Like, you know, when you see calls after calls, like, but it's favoring one team, and you like, come on. I know what's going on here. Right, like, wh- like, what is that really doing? Mm. You know, and the biggest thing now, you know, in NYC streetball, if you have a name, a big name, you know, you got referees out here, you know, that that's because you have a name, and I get it, you know, they, whether they're favoring a lot of calls to you or to your team, you know, and you know, that's unfortunate. Interesting. Yeah. interesting. No, no, for real. <laughs> I, I mean, I see it being a, being a player. I'm like, I, I mean, I get it. Yeah. This guy has been putting a lot of work, mm. you know, but I'm like, he's no different than nine other players out here, you know, or 15 other players out here. So um, when it comes down to that, but my biggest thing with that is like, did you play? And if you played, you know, um, 
it, it shows in your referee. Because mm. like you just said, like, you know. Well, you know, well, in Nassau, you're going you're gonna to have a whole bunch of refs that's never played. That so never good luck re- with that. <laughs> <laughs> good thing for me at high school, you know, I'm only worried about, not to say, but, girl, I'm just worried about if my man Chris is is skillfully out mm. there knocking down shots. Yeah. You know, individual. So I'm I'm looking at certain. I'm looking at the game completely different. Mm. So um, it's been times where obviously our passion, but I'm never you know rude or disrespectful. But I may say certain sarcastic things. No, but, you're good. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, yeah. you know, but me being an assistant coach or player development, I'm looking at the game completely different. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at the game so much keyed in on these players' individual skills or the team. I hardly forget the referees is even out there. Until the kids make it a big deal. Mm. And I'm like, oh, right. But I'm like, you, you should guys, should, it shouldn't even get to this point. You should be competing hard, right? We should be competing at a high level that refs shouldn't dictate or they shouldn't control the game. Mm-hmm. But if you out there not doing what you're doing, then, yeah, that's when you're going to have these situations or, you know, or being upset and stuff like that. So I always just say, if you leave it out there on the floor, if you do what you're supposed to be doing, you won't. You won't know that the referee exists. And there's a lot of referees, whether I play or not, and they know what it is. They're like, yeah, you know. I like, promise you, I'm pl- I was playing with a good team. I was playing with a good team. And referees was like, yeah, we, like, this, this team played very fundamentally sound. So it's not going to be too many calls. And he was like, he's like, yeah, I know how to play the game. So yeah, doing things right. If it's a foul, yeah, it's going to be a clear foul. If it's not a foul, it's not going to be a foul. It's not going to be too much violations, right? But, you know, if you get those teams, because <laughs> I play in different leagues, you get an L.I. Hoops team hmm. of guys who really don't, you know, know the game that well, and they just playing out there or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel for you guys. Yeah, no, don't, don't, don't feel bad. It's a lot. Once so. you get to a certain point, then, then you kind of build equity with people. But, so I know that when I go, I'm like, they, they know what it but is. But would I be a ref? Absolutely not. <laughs> nah. Somebody actually asked me. I said, no. And he got me when I was, if I'm 29, when I was 23, he approached me. So I'm I. Mm. So I just, and then you know, in turn, I, I think you do God's work, man. Basketball coaching yeah. is like such oh, micromanaging, right. and it's like it oh, is. Yeah. It's way too up and down. I I like to be just responsible <laughs> for my area. And see, you want to be mad at me? Ah, see, sounds good. Ah, I, I know like what that. I'm doing. <laughs> um, after everything you said, what do you think of the attributes? What do you think it took to get to where you are at this moment in time as mm. a coach and as well as a trainer? Uh, uh, belief. Uh, took a, a lot of belief in myself. I'm actually wearing a hoodie that says "Pursue Your Passion." I pretty, uh, I believed in that. Like basketball has always been my passion. I've been so passionate about it, and I was like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do this. I'm gonna pursue it, and I'm gonna see how long it takes me. I do this full time, mm. you know. So for me, this is what you know provides, you know. So, you know, and I'm blessed. You know, been been doing it for like. With 2020, it's going to be like eight years now. Wow. It's crazy. You know, so um, almost coming up 10 years of just training, you know, all over the place. You know, so, but yeah, belief, passion, uh, stepping out on faith, got to be, you know, uh, got to have strong faith because it's not easy. Being an entrepreneur, huh, being a full-time coach and trainer, and people got to realize <coughs> this is a service, mm. right? So this is pretty much how I like eat. So I'm always like, you know, 
you know, trying to set something up. But with me, it's never been about the money, mm. you know. Um, and I always said that um, if you're passionate about something, the money is going to come. Like, mm. these opportunities, I, it's so funny, and I'm blessed. I have not chased none of these opportunities. I believe it. They just, you know, they came to me. And yeah. that's because, you know, I, you know it, I was chasing the passion. I was, you know, the purpose behind it. You know, I was doing what I was, you know, you know, what I love until eventually, like I get, I'm at a place right now where it's like, you know, people would contact me and I'm like, you know, you know, my phone, I use my phone, right. As a, you know, I'm businessman. So like, you know, you get jobs all the time where you may not never talk to the boss. You may not never talk to the guy that's running the show. Mm. I talk to everybody, Mm. you know what I'm saying? So as much as, and I probably got to get another, a new phone to separate the two, but it's fine, <laughs> you know, but this is my business and my personal, but yeah, but it took, yeah, belief, stepping out on faith, um, confident, you had to have, conf- you know, confidence in myself and my ability, um, you know, um, and biggest thing is building relationships. Like, I, I'm bigger, I'm bigger than just being a trainer. Like, when I tell you, like, kids are inviting me to take bar misfoot. And then when I show up, they're like, wait, hold on. Coach T is here? Mm. Like, what you think? You invited me. Right. I did not know you would come. Like, this is me. And mm. this is how I kind of separate myself. Right. Right? You know, because uh, there's a lot of great, you know, trainers out there. There's a lot of coaches out there. Mm. But for me, you know, I want to know who you are as a person before I develop you to be the player you want to be. Mm. And that's where I start first. Mm. You know, so I want to know how your day is going. I want to know what you're doing in school. I want to know how your grades are, you know, you know, I want to know when, when is your birthday and what are you doing for your birthday? You know, what other interests you have? Cause it may just not be basketball. You may be passionate about something else, right? But whatever your passion is, go and pursue that. Right. And I always say all the time, if you do what you love, it's not work. Yeah. Like you're not working right now. Mm-hmm. I wasn't working just now. Mm-hmm. You saw me playing with the kids. Yeah. That you know, cool. Like that's fun. It makes me want to play, but then at the same time, it makes me never want to play. <laughs> right? So if you do what you love, it's, it's not work. Right? Yeah. I'll be up 2, 3 a.m. in the morning watching videos. Could be talking to one of my players that, you know, people don't see that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? They don't see, you know, when a kid struggles and I'm really there with the kid and making sure, you know, the kid picks themselves back up. And then they're doing well, you know, in school, on the court, you know, as a better person, you know, because that's pretty much what we're doing here. We're developing young men and young women, right? Um, You know, making sure they're coachable because uncoachable kids become unemployed adults, right? And I tell them that all the time, right? Eventually, this ball is going to stop bouncing one day, right? But you got a whole future ahead of you, you know, to do certain things, to do different things, right? And you guys, and I tell them, you see me, I'm an entrepreneur, young guy, right? And pretty much making my own way. Mm-hmm. Right, and you, you know, it's just giving them that inspiration that they can pretty much do the same thing. And I, I, I invite all of that. Like this, mm-hmm. you know, a kid that I know now that's into training, right? That I was training since he was in high school, and to see him training with his brother, like wow, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So um, that's just the biggest thing. But the biggest thing for me has always been building great relationships, mm-hmm. like with everybody. Mm-hmm. Like it can be anybody coming into the door. I greet them. How you doing? Like they be like, wait, what? You know, because you know. You know, it is what it is. That's what a lot of people have their guard up. But yeah. that's just who I am mm. as a person. You step into my building, I'm going to greet you and say hello. Mm. And then that's what breaks everything. And then kids being a part, parents being a part of this. Like I could have stayed in here all night. 
You're right? And parents won't complain or anything. Yeah, I see that. And you see, you see, I literally had to tell them, like, uh, guys, I'm about to do a podcast with my guys right now. Like, <laughs> you guys are gonna have to. But that's the that's the environment you wanna create. Yeah. On a Friday night, when kids can be doing all sorts of things on on video game, could be in the street, they're in here learning, playing, developing, listening to music, having a great own time. Right? So that's the biggest thing. Passion. I'm very passionate about this. And it shows in my work. It shows, um, you know, how players develop. It shows where I'm at in my career, mm. right? And I feel like I, I got a lot uh, growing to do, and I'm only just scratching the surface. Mm. Although, I always say, although, you know, I've been doing this for eight years, I feel like I'm in my prime. Because mm. when I was starting, I was just, you know, figuring things out. Yeah. Now, like, yeah. I can be in the gym from nine to five mm-hmm. on the hour, and my training style has changed. Before, I was very demonstrative. Like, I had to show, you know, just to try to get the kids to believe that I can do the things that I'm teaching you. Mm. Now it's like they know. Now it's like, all right. But now it's more information. Mm. Now it's more game enhancement. You know, a lot of stuff I do is actually less individual skills and more team, being a team player mm. and building and, and basketball IQ stuff. Because me and you can have all the skills in the world. But there's going to be four other guys out there. On your team, there's going to be nine other guys out there on the court. And you got to learn how to play with and play against. Mm. Right? So I create this. So you see, sorry, I, man, you, you got to start coming more often. No, they were engaged. I and mean, we talked no, about it. No, you we, see we, this. We, we, will. we will. Well, please do. I will. Because you'll see kids and you're like, wait, like that young boy, seventh grade. Yeah, like, yeah, wait, yeah. what? And, you know, this is a kid that's been with me only for a year. Mm. Only for a year. Wow, that's cool. So imagine when he gets into high school. Mm. You know, so that's the, that's the biggest, that's the most rewarding thing with me is seeing them really, really grow like that and me staying, staying on them. Mm. Yeah. I thought you were going to say the most rewarding thing is to go into those bar mitzvahs and having those oh. sweatpants. <laughs> Because those sweatpants are nice. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I'll be like, damn, that's, that's what they and be I, giving out? Yo, and I can dance. So they'd be like, you know, because when I was young, I tell kids all the time, I got quicker and faster. I, I did this dance called Get Light. You probably know it a bit. Mm-hmm. Dancing. So we always had to be on our toes. I used to wear a mohawk and all that. Nobody knows this. I'm telling something that people don't know. I used to, I had a team called Team Blackout. We used to go to parties, Get Light and all that. I literally got quick by always being on my toes and doing these funny moves. Mm. When I played in a game and my footwork is, yeah, that basketball in certain aspects in terms of ball handling and footwork is dancing. Yeah. So if you can't dance, yes, you're going to look awkward out here. Well, I'll, I'll just stand in the corner <laughs> and give me those sweatpants. <laughs> <laughs> Having said that, um, what do you think it's going to take to get to where you want to go and ultimately where do you want to go as a coach and as well as a trainer? Um, so biggest thing, uh, obviously, uh, it's networking. Uh, being in uh, places with uh, uh, like-minded uh, colleagues and coaches. Mm-hmm. So I got to be at these places in regards to coaching and being seen in front of them. Um, obviously, every day just perfecting my craft, right? So if I'm telling kids perfect their skills, I'm also doing that, right? Um, so that I'm prepared for, you know, these opportunities that come. Because I know any day now I'm probably going to pe- be presented with opportunity, right? Because I... That's just, I'm very faith-driven, and I believe that, you know, everything is in God's timing, and everything will eventually manifest, and when it's your time, it's your time, you know, but in the process, I'm just, you know, 
every opportunity I get to be in here or get to, you know, you know, uh, get some downtime to learn. I'm always just sharpening certain things of how I can deliver, how I can do certain stuff better, right? So networking, always uh, being a student, right? So although I am a coach, I'm still a student, right? And I'm still, it's funny, like now that I'm a coach, like my game actually has got better hmm. playing. The IQ game with a part. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm older now, so athletically it's declining, right? But my mind and everything is sharp. Like, mm-hmm. people, pa- kids is like, sheesh, you made that pass to you. I'm like, yeah. I've seen that, like, two plays ahead. Right. And they're like, wow. Yeah. You know? But that's that's reps, right? Mm-hmm. Everything is muscle memory. Mm-hmm. So I'm constantly watching videos, reading, and and trial and error. I'm also sharpening my mind. You should really be a ref, man. <laughs> Probably, right? But... <laughs> Um, so, yeah, that, um, yeah, yeah, I would just say, yeah, network, uh, being at, you know, these coaching clinics, being with uh, guys that um, I feel that are, like, very, like, well-connected or that know the game very well that I can learn from, like, my mentors of it and certain stuff like that and learning from them. So, yeah, but I don't matter who it is, right? It can be you. It can be Joe, Bob or whatever, John or Doe or whatever. I'm learning from everybody because mm. everybody has something. It's all about how you interpret it and how can you take it, right? And um, I hit you with some referee gems tonight. <laughs> you did. I, right, right. Absolutely. I definitely That's didn't cool. know, know that thing. I forgot what somebody said. Somebody said, what this, I don't want to quote wrong. This says something like a good coach or a good teacher. I get it later, but something about like a great teacher steals. Like they still like, reason why Kobe, like Kobe Bryant is great one of the best players to ever play. It's because he stole mm-hmm, everything mm-hmm. that Michael did. Yeah. Absolutely. And he wasn't afraid to tell you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, you know, and then he just happened to put his own spin to it. He he happened to, uh, you know, be relentless in his work ethic. You know, that's one of my favorite players. Mm. You know, and I love what he's doing now outside of, you know, basketball yeah. stuff. You know, with his, you know, his daughter's team and mm-hmm. the novels and, and books that he has for kids and stuff like that. So it's phenomenal stuff. But, yeah, that's that, that, yeah, that's the biggest thing with me. Um, to get to that next level, it's going to be uh, – it's going to have to – I'm going to have to just, you know, network a lot. Mm. And being at these places, culture clinics, you know, you know seminars – um, You'll get there. Yeah. You'll get there. It takes time. Yeah, you know it takes that. time. Um, college practices, mm-hmm. you know, um, and stuff like that. And it's just pretty much just like everything else, like how I got to this point with training. I just got to go and do it, mm. you know. But, you know, I'm one of them guys right now. And, it's you know, it is what it is. And I always get this all the time from one of my mentors who always say, you know, he's like, yo, you're a trainer and a coach. He said, you got to be in one lane, which which lane you gonna be in? He said, right now, I, I kind of consider myself like Kanye, right? So Kanye came Make, in. You making the beats? Thing. Right, 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 right. Kanye came in as a producer, mm. right? Came in as a producer, but he also can rap. He's also a good a good artist, you yeah. know. So and he, and he understood that. So I came in as a trainer. Trainer led into, you know, coaching, and then now I, I'm good at doing both, mm. you know. So, but for me, I think. The coaching lane is probably going to be a little bit more sustainable, yeah. especially at the uh, uh, the collegiate goal. Even if it, 
um, is is at the pro level. Right, um, but training will be a, a component. A component of coaching, of coaching right. And Absolutely. also, I think Otis was when I was like, wow, he really caught up to Jay-Z. He really <laughs> yeah. did. And yeah. he made the beat. Wow. Yeah, right, right. See? Pretty right. cool, yeah, pretty right. cool. And yeah. I never thought that until... <laughs> Until Otis. See? Right. I just remember my face was like slanted. Like, wow, that was Yo. sophisticated ignorance. Yeah, right? And Kanye is considered one of the best artists of all time. Yeah, man. Because he can do both. So I think, you know, I, I know a lot of kids are going to hear this, especially oh, like all your kids. So, yeah. you know, I want them to know that, you know, the referees that take this serious, mm-hmm. we care about basketball just as much as you. Absolutely. We're passionate about the game just as much as you. Absolutely. We care about it yeah. just as much as anyone that's involved, whether that be a coach, whether it be a player. And we want to get it right, too. Mm-hmm. We don't want to go right. in there like, yeah, let's ruin let's this kid's day. No. Because, you know, for the <laughs> most part, when I get my schedule, you know, barring any like personal, mm-hmm. um, you know, relationships with other people, I'm calling it straight down the middle, man. So, mm. you know, I want kids to just at least bridge the gap. That. And that's one of my mission statements to know, like, mm. you know, referees are cool, too. Mm-hmm. Like referees are people. Pete, right. It's just that, you know, feel how you want to feel right. when I'm wearing the uniform. Mm. I get that. But, you know, I'm, I love basketball right. just, just as, as much as you right. do. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I did fail to I, I'd be remiss to say, you know, have your opportunity to mention any of your mentors, who are they, Mm -hmm. um, list them, and how do you think they've shaped the way you've helped others um, after them? Mm, uh, Biggest mentor uh, is my man Mark Williams for Team Footprints. Uh, He's just a guy that, like, straightforward, and I love it. You know, um, just an older gentleman that he, this guy knows everybody. Mm. He's been around the game for a very long time in in regards to um, training, so... um, you know, he's just uh, just uh, a wealth of knowledge, and he always just keeping it straightforward with me, right? So now, you know, so he's always there, you know, whether it's collaborating or whether it's um, um, pretty much guiding me in the right direction and just really keeping it real with me, mm. you know? And, and he's an advocate of real training and real coaches and real trainers out there, so... Um, <laughs> Um, but uh, my other one is Romel Witherspoon. This is a guy who's, uh, you probably know Romel. I know, know yeah. I, I had a little stint being a trainer there, and I yeah. was like, <laughs> once I got into the refereeing thing, like, oh, I like this better. Yeah, that's my, so that guy, very, just a, a God-fearing man, right? Um, <laughs> a very God-fearing man, but very inspirational and motivational. Um, he was the L.A. Lakers chaplain, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Psh, that's pretty much like, you know, as you can say, the, the organization pastor or just motivational speaker to get uh, players, you know, mental game or, or, spiritu- or spiritual um, uh, together and stuff like that, right? So, um, so that's one of my mentors. Um, I have mentors, like I have a brotherhood where I have guys in Elma. They're all my same age, but they're all my mentors, right? Um, so in terms of like their, with their support, um, um, and their knowledge in terms of helping me with certain ideas or like I got a couple of guys in my brotherhood who are also coaches who coach on the collegiate level who are who are um, um, collegiate scouts recruiters and stuff like that um, um, I take ideas from everybody like I got guys in my brotherhood who are songwriters right so there's a certain talent you know that it takes to be a songwriter to work with you know one of the best artists is, you know, artists out there and see mm-hmm. how they really dive in, into their career. That's very inspirational to me, right? And stuff like that. So, 
yeah, those are my mentors I can pretty much, you know, name off to the top of my head. Um, but, you know, um, yeah, in regards to that. Well, everybody, you know, I'm just a people's person. So everybody that I come in contact with that I know that can coach the game or that's a big influencer, I'm like, wow, okay. That's cool. Like, mm. You know, so. Yeah, I think and, you're and, just very perceptive of listening to people that you get, think that are can really interpret the game. And, right. and I, I definitely felt that vibe. Like when I talked to you, I remember we just kind of exchanged something and you were asking me like, why they call it, why you call a foul right there? And I was like, yo, he moved forward. And you're like, all right, all right. I like that <laughs> answer. And you were thinking like, you didn't think the conversation was going to go, go that like that. Right, right. And you're like, that was an acceptable answer. Damn, I couldn't even say anything said, about right. that. Um, you know, having said that, have you ever had any sticky situations, you know, being a coach as well as running perfect your skills? What do you mean, sticky situation? Like anything that was just like, oh, man, I can't believe that this is happening and you had to dig oh, yourself so, through. Oh, yeah, the biggest thing, uh, and I'm going to say it all for my fellow trainers, is finding a gym. Mm. That is the biggest commodity. <laughs> oh, my, especially here in New York, right? So I've been all over the place, bouncing all over the place. So I come across this gym that we're in right now, Manhattan, through a very good friend of mine named Andre Vanderpool. That's one of my mentors also. Yeah, and um, we, we're, we're collaborating with Oh, really? Yeah, That's we'll, my guy, we'll Dre Poole, my man. So, you know, I came across this um, via social media. Mm-hmm. So I came out with this brand, this shirt called In My Bag. His uh, mentee named Joan uh, happened to like it, comment, and then DM me. So I've been in Long Island for a while. I have never knew that a gym like this existed. Mm. Bro, I drive, I drive on this route, community drive, all the time. When I tell you, like, St. Mary's is right around the corner. Mm-hmm. Like, all the time. I, had ne- I never knew this existed. So one day, he was like, you know, uh, can I work him out? I said, sure. I said, would you mind? Because during the time I had my in my bag. So I said, would you mind if I had my guy come in and record? He said, of course not. I love it. So I came, trained him. Um, and then this, this is when I met Andre. Hmm. Andre, had, he was the program director here for this, uh, for this um, um, gym. So he came down. He seen what I, you know, what I did. He saw the, at the time, my guy, uh, Matt Allen, his, uh, Mr. AOB. Um, he works for DJ Sackman in terms of doing um, uh, videography or video production. Um, this is when Dre Poole wasn't even into photography, you know, uh, videography. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And to see his growth now, oh, yeah. it's unbelievable. So, you know, so this is a guy. So he's seen all of that. He said, this is what you do? So, you know, he was like, you know, this is when he wanted to get into training. He's always been coaching at Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Wanted to get into training. Me, I'm like, yo, bro, let's do it. That's just me. Mm. You know, I didn't see it as like, yo, I'm going to come in here. You know, I'm going to just build this relationship. I'm going to try to get this gym, and then it's, you know, it's, it's over. Like, no, 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 no. I met him. We kicked it off very well. You know, built a very great relationship. Went everywhere with each other, learned. You know, he came to me to Crunch Time. Then when he came to Crunch Time, he was taking pictures. People was like, who is that? It's like, that's my man Dre. Then we go to Goat League. He's in Goat League. People was like, who is that? That's my man Dre. Now he's at these events taking pictures and all that stuff, mm-hmm. right? But, you know, all of this came about through him. Yeah. And I was very blessed to meet somebody who was just as passionate, who was just as a people's person uh, as me, like myself, mm. and as a mentor. And what he has done for the community, what I have done also for my communities as well. So the biggest thing for my fellow trainers is finding gym space, 
finding gym space, which is a huge commodity. I was bouncing all over the place that I'm like, all right, man, like, uh, this is getting tough. <coughs> like, mm. you know, go on here, go. Because eventually you start losing, you start losing clientele that way mm. in some shape or form. So that's why I saw you in the Bronx. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, so going, okay, I'm going to bring that up quickly. So I work in the Bronx, okay. right, at an okay. after school program. Uh, very good friend of mine, my college uh, uh, teammate, roommate. He's the program director there. He's seen what I was doing. He asked me to come on board to develop his basketball program, to enhance it, to do basically what I do for his program. So mm. I work there two to six every single day. So you can imagine my, my schedule. Mm. My schedule is in the morning. I train my, my, my college and my pro guys, right, that's still, uh, you know, uh, pursuing their, their dreams to playing overseas or NBA or G League or whatever. Then I go to the Bronx, you know, then I have my own training. And then now, with high school coming up, I'm going to be having high school practice. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm all over the place, mm. right? But it's everything revolve, you know, evol- you, everything centered around basketball, mm. which I love to do. But the biggest thing and the biggest hurdle, uh, right, or the biggest issue, not it, you know, troubles is really finding a gym. Because there's a lot of gyms out there that's good, but obviously there's a lot of gyms out there that it costs a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, these rentals per hour, it's it's a lot, right? And my fellow trainers understand that, mm. right? So That's why you like this summer, so you can just go to the park, right? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I, although I stopped training in the park, to be honest. Um, I don't know. I just feel like it did a I was introduced to LA Fitness when I was 18 years old, and I'm 29 years now, so that's been 11 years ago. When I was introduced to LA, I rarely played at the park. So this must have saved... 11 years of wear and tear because mm. I was always in a gym. Mm. I'm like, wait, hold on. We can play pick up in the gym? Mm. Oh, nah, I'm not playing in the park no more. Mm. We can really go up and down. We can go four and four through, whatever it is, in an AC, in a gym with its wood floors where there's give. And I can, instead of going outside, True. oh, yeah, I'm doing that. <laughs> I'm doing that. So, and knowing that, and me as a player, I'm like, yeah, I had, to, I had to do what I had to do to train in the park, but now it's like one... Now that I got access to gyms now, we're going to be in the gym. Mm. We're going to be in the gym because come school time, you're not going to be playing in the park. Mm. Winter, summertime, yeah, because a lot of tournaments, streetball tournaments is in the park, but they're still in the gym as well, right? So, yeah, it's good to give them both dynamics, both elements, but I do a lot of my, my uh, uh, stuff. In the, now, it, there's also special occasions where I may come to people's house, and that's fine. That's just who I am. People, ne- they'll be like, would you mind co-? Sure. For real? Like, you're do- yeah, I'm like, what, what you think? I'm, yes, I'm going to go and travel. That's just who I am. So, you know, that's other situations or opportunities of me training outside the gym. But for the most part, everything is done in, inside the gym. Mm. Yeah. But the biggest thing is, is gym space. I believe that. What about your most sticky situation as a coach? Coach. Something that's rated PG, if you don't want to speak yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's too crazy. Um, so one time I had it. There was an incident with a ref. No, there was an in. Okay, <clears throat> I thought this was. I'm see. I thought it was racist, right? Um, playing coaching in an AAU game, right? A lot of my kids are black. Playing against an all white uh, team. That's fine. But uh, the coach, I guess he was in that area. I guess well known. Hey. And there, you know, so you get certain areas where. Like, we go out of state, or maybe if we just go upstate, they don't know who we are, mm-hmm. but you have referees out there who know this coach. Right. 
So you have certain referees who are biased, and they're going to try to make it tough for me. Like, why? I don't, I don't get it. It's not about me. It's about these kids. Don't make it about me. So it was where the, we was doing so well, and it, the good the team was good, solid team. I guess they didn't expect for us. This is when my guys was younger. They didn't expect for us to, like, really be in the game or whatever the case may be. And the, the, the coach of the other team was attacked. Attacking me, pretty much. But all the referees saw was me. Like, like literally, like, I'm standing in my side with my team on my box. This guy's over in the middle of half court to my side, jawing at me and saying certain stuff. And I'm like, referees, you guys don't see this? Referees come straight to me. And I'm like, oh, this is very odd. <laughs> this is very odd. So I'll, that was like a very sticky situation, which I'm, I'm going to keep it PG because it, it, it really got semi-crazy mm. because, because of that, of what I thought it was, right? And so that was the biggest thing. And, you know, um, it, didn't, it didn't result into any fight or anything because I'm bigger than that. But it was to show my kids that, nah, like, your coach is going to stand for something. Mm. And when I feel like certain things ain't right and it's not right, they're going to know, right? So that was, that was, that was the one sticking. And that, you know... That, that comes a lot with this AAU basketball stuff, right? So it's, it, it's nasty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, not even it, about the kids no more. It, it, it can get crazy it can for get, sure. It can get very crazy. And I'm sure you've grown from that. I've oh, definitely yeah, grown yeah. from my AAU experience. Yeah, so. I used to be so emotional about it now. I'm like, I, man, I can care less now. Mm. You know well, I mean? you care, but you're, yeah, yeah, you're not right, going to. But I'm not. Right, right, I right. got you. Having said that, what is your best moment thus far in running Pete? Perfect your skills as well as what's your, what's your best moment as a coach so far? Okay, best moment. Wow. Okay, best moment. So the best moment for me was perfect your skills. I did Family and Friends Day. So I have a lot of best moments. Mm. So I did Family and Friends Day. Everybody just came and it was cool. I did a, So I did this. I hope nobody is going to steal this idea. But I did... I did NBA, I did a youth all-star experience. So my whole thing was, a lot of these kids, majority of these kids are not going to the NBA. But they can still have the experience of what an NBA all-star is. That's where you came, mm. in the Bronx. But I did that with Oh, my, that was a good experience for them. Right, but I did that with my program first. Yeah, that this was, was cool. This was out in uh, LI Sports Hub. Yeah, yeah. Right, so, you know, the skills challenge stuff, having kids do that, three-point shooting contest, having some of my guys do a dunk show for them. They're like, wow, this is really cool. Mm-hmm. Having a kid DJ, my man Ace Boogie, yeah, right? Cool. Like 19 years old, on the ones and mm-hmm, twos. Mm-hmm. Kids is like, wait, what? This yeah. is a kid DJ? Mm-hmm. You know, so that was a very, you know, uh, great moment for me. Then it was also having a chance to travel, right? So I partner up with a very good friend of mine named Ian, and he has a nonprofit organization called Connective Inc. And he does, like, nonprofit and community uh, pro, uh, events for programs. Like, I was in Martha Vineyard in Massachusetts. I saw you were in Oaks Bluff. Oaks Bluff, Oaks. yeah. There's some history there. I did not know that. I've been there before. It's really nice. It's there. really nice, right. Right. So I was there uh, where I was able to, you know, run the basketball part of the coaching clinic. He you were outdoors, though. 
Yes, I was. No, okay. So, so the second time I was, I, I, know too I was much. brutal. You see? The first time we was in the gym with the high school kids. So I was in the gym. But yeah, so that um, getting the opportunity to go to Detroit, you know, um, and then obviously to continue to work with him and go to different places and, and serve the community and, and, uh, and um, you know, uh, wherever we go, you know, whether it's, you know, underprivileged kids or, or anybody that don't have those resources and just providing them with it. So that's where Perfect Your Skills has been going in terms of, yes, the training part, right, the AAU part, and then now the, the, the community outreach stuff, the nonprofit part, of partnering up with certain people and, and, um, and, and doing community work and, uh, and stuff like that. So it's a great experience to travel, mm. you know, uh, to travel and do that stuff, so that's good. As a uh, so, and then as a coach, I don't know. I favorite. I guess it would have to be. I, it's not to brag, but I won championships a lot. Yeah. Like, you know, and you want to talk about travel basketball. Won a lot of championships. Went to nationals. Placed in fifth in nationals. Uh, won a girls championship last year. So that so that that can pretty much be it. But I guess it's just seeing these players grow. Yeah. Right? So that's, mm-hmm. the, that's my win. You know, I don't... Uh, yeah, the championship, don't get me wrong. Any championship at any level... It's great. It's a great feeling. Mm-hmm. But if... But it's also with me, I want to see these kids have great high school careers. Mm-hmm. And if they can go to school, if they want to go to college, they can go to college on where they don't have to take out loans and they can go on a full athletic or academic scholarship. That's the win for me, mm. right? So, in regards to the coaching side, you can put that more to the mentor, yeah. mentorship side. But if you want to talk about winning, yeah, it's definitely by far. And the reason why I would say with the girls is because we won in such a short time. Like, when I told you we came into the season in, like, November, third week, we didn't have no preseason. I'm like, I, I got to try to get the respect of these girls. I got to try to develop. But it was just everyday grind. Me and Tim O'Hagan, my guy. Um, he was coaching at Malloy College, Hall of Fame coach at Malloy College, so he had that collegiate experience. His game preparation was through the roof. Mm. He played certain teams, and we call, he's calling out their plays. Mm. Coaches is like, and, and we was like, oh, so that mean, that's telling me you guys don't watch film. You guys don't do your homework. But because he was a coach on that collegiate level, he had that, prep, that collegiate preparation. So when we go and play different teams and we're scheming certain things, yeah, it, so I was able to learn from that aspect. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Wow. This guy would literally watch three, four hours of film. Like, you're yeah. not going to... I'm like, yo, I say, yo, Long Island basketball, you don't really have to do all of that stuff. Like, it's, you know, for the most part. No, like, but you want to leave no doubt. <laughs> you know what I mean? You right. want to leave no doubt. Right, right, right. But, you know, but I'm like, you don't have to do... But then I started to see the, import, the, the importance of it. And I'm like, ah. So when I started to dissect it with him, then I'm like, oh, this is easy. So we start winning by 30, mm. 40. Uh, girls breaking high school records, 12 threes. Yeah. And this is all from development. Because mm. nowadays, that's where the game is going. Where now you can have a player development guy on your staff. Right? And now I have this opportunity at Island Trees where I can do the same thing with these boys. Mm. And I, I see firsthand what it did with the girls. I said this to my AU guys. I said, you notice. Know Look how much you guys have grown, and I'm only with you guys. Let's just say the most two times a week. Now, imagine I'm with a group every single 
at least six days a week. Mm. So imagine how much, imagine, like, so we won championships where we just have practice two, sometimes three times a week, depending on the severity of the tournament and where we're going. And that was preparation. And when we get to these tournaments, we go to the chip. If we lose, fine, we went to the chip. We may win, you know. But it was just like, I only had you guys for two hours, two, four, six hours. I'm going to be with a group or I've been with a group for two times six, 12. Yep. So that's double. 12 hours per week of skill development. So do you think these kids are going to grow? I already know they're going to grow. Absolutely. I already know. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, oh, man. So I, I think it's that. It's just seeing these, these kids grow. But, yeah, winning is, is always. And every championship game, I'll be nervous, bro. Oh, man, I'll be nervous. But then, you know, once I, you know, once I see them playing and once I see them really execute my game plan, I'm like, yeah, we here. Mm. We here. I'll be on the sideline. Like, you probably see me, but I'm yeah. on the sideline, energetic, passionate, getting these kids through it. Parents loving it, players love it. So, yeah. So, in regards to the training side, is doing uh, collaborations with people. I was collabing with my man, um, Coach Drew, right, and uh, building a relationship with him, um, and doing clinics, you know, and uh, seeing how he trains and his style, which is mm-hmm. good, um, you know, which is different, which is unique, you know, and then building that relationship and just expanding that way and working with a, a ton of, a lot of guys, team Mark Williams, T footprints, Brian Carr, habits, basketball, right. Um, and just sorts other people, right. Um, that I had the uh, pleasure of, of working with. So, yeah. So that on the training side, winning a girls championship, you know, travel basketball. Mm. Cause during that time I was just only a, a AAU coach. So, you know, I took pride in that. So winning that and then, yeah. So that's those two for, you know, well, one for coaching, one one for, tra- you know, being a trainer. Mm-hmm. Yo, man, this has been super thorough. Yo, um, man. I appreciate your time. I know we've been, this has been a long time coming, man. I know. I, I know I saw you at Pro City. I'm like, you ready yet? Yeah, yeah, I know. And you were like. And I think uh, what it was, it was because, like I said, I, I saw the questions and I'm like, ah, oh, I know what it, I don't like to be stumped in conversation. Yeah, I just like conversations to flow. Right, I can I can give you so much. We can be in here talking for three hours. I don't got. Yes, I have somewhere to be. Right, <laughs> You're right. But in terms of like, I can do this all night. Right. Uh-huh. But when I seen those, I was like, all right, I'm gonna probably give it some time because I'm thinking like from you, this is probably what you wanna. But I liked how it flowed tonight. So yeah, man. Well, you know. I, I didn't think and it worked realize, out. It worked out. You didn't realize how much I knew about things and, and the way I, I said it because I don't, you know, but. Um, at the same time, I, I kind of enveloped your circle. Mm. So it got to the point where you're mm. like, oh, man, my man was on it. My other man was uh, on it. My right. I, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm like, like, and that's I, I think I I'm playing you. myself. Because yeah. I think I'm like, I, I think I think I was I smart. <laughs> Crunch time was on it before me. Yeah, I'm man. like, and I, these are my guys. Shout out to them. Those I did invite bros. you. I know. No, you didn't. You did you invite did. you. So you I did. don't want to hear like I, I try to leave you out. But Cox was on it. Right. It's so, all my mans, man. Yeah. Any final words you want to say before we part ways? Um, well, obviously, um, everybody can pretty much follow me on social media, Instagram, PYS underscore 247, Perfect Your Skills 247. Um, uh, what else? Um, yeah, like I, like I said, um, listening to this and, you know, if you're anybody, 
um, whether it's a trainer, whether you do a different line of work, um, just pursue it. Um, take risks. Um, be patient, though. Really trust the process. Everything is going to come mm-hmm. um, when it's destined to come. Um, don't force nothing. Um, build great relationships. Never want to tarnish those or, or um, burn bridges with anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> what else? Um, and just be you. Mm-hmm. You know, simple fact that I'm me. Yeah. And, you know. Whether you like me, whether you don't like me, I'm going to continue to be me, hmm. you know, and and being me is being genuine, being a, a people's person, right? I get the name all the time. Crunch Time gave me the name Little Man Big Heart. <laughs> Who's that, right? White? Right, right white, of oh course, right? Little Man Big Heart. But, like, I really carry that, hmm. right? Because that's just who I am. I do have a very big heart in regards to that. And, yeah, so, yeah, man, and for all the kids out there, that's pretty much... Um, following me or entrusting me and being uh, a role model in their, in, in their lives and a mentor in their lives, um, I would just, you know, pretty much tell them to continue to believe in, believe in themselves. Um, uh, never give up, right? Um, and just work. Work as hard as you can, right? They're, they're young right now, so they're never going to get this time back again so and I tell kids this all the time I said if you think you have a hard life of just coming here and just working for like hour and a half two hours and you don't have to worry about food being prepared you don't have to worry about what clothes you're wearing you don't have to worry about uh, bills being paid the roof over your your head you have an easy life so all your parents want you to do is just work hard Mm -hmm. they're going to take care of everything else until you become an adult and then one day you have a family and stuff like that. So I would say to them, like, take advantage of their youth, right? That's what's golden right now. And just work as hard as they can, hmm. right? And you know, right? None of this stuff, like, your podcast didn't come overnight. No. Right, absolutely. You worked on this tirelessly, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So just continue to keep putting in the work and, and just have that, that relentless, you know, mindset of just go and get it. Like, you only stop yourself. There's nobody that can stop you, right? And so when kids know that, um, they'll definitely be uh, successful and, and be well off. But I, I thank you for allowing me to be on your platform to share this. And it's, it's, it's been a dope conversation, a dope relationship that we have. We're going to do plenty more. Oh, yeah. More welcome I mean, to now, come down. Now that I know you're connected with Dre, me and him have <laughs> yeah, a oh, lot of aces in the hole. So that's perfect. Awesome. I got a couple of things we'll talk about off here. Okay. All right? My man. Thank you. For Coach T. Yes, sir. For Perfect Your Skills 24-7. This is Ralph the Ref. This is The Rant. We are signing out. Yes, sir. Peace. Peace.